Hey there. Well, happy Monday. Hey, Cynthia. Hoping people find me over here today. We're going to upload this on Rumble and all the other stations that we're on. So, hope you're doing okay, guys. Happy Monday. You've got some snow in your area. You'd probably be right. It's all over the country right now. Hope you guys are having a great first to the start of your week. And I've got a word for you, actually. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the body right now. A lot of things going on. Uh, what we're seeing right now, in my opinion, we're seeing a transition between those who are obedient and those who have been disobedient and coming forward into uh, the new move of God, into this new place of God's spirit, which only comes, by the way, with deliverance. You have to have deliverance to get there because you have to get cleaned up to get there. But the, it goes right in alignment with the title today for the 15-Minute Rev because it's going to explain a lot of things to you guys. Um, how God is raising up a people group right now that are becoming really accelerated. The title today actually is Fast Acceleration, Bloody Doorpost, Stuck, or Are You Coming Out of Egypt? So I think that's pretty clear cut and dry with what the expectation is. Um, thank you for doing that, Cynthia. Um, what the expectation is right now with, with the Lord um, and where he's taking people that are listening to him in this hour. It's not church as usual. It's not business as usual. Uh, not if you're a leader, not if you're a sheep. Um, we're seeing a demarcation in the sand. Uh, basically, hey, hey, Brenda, um, we're, we're seeing a line drawn in the sand right now between the disobedient and the obedient where people are really, really showing who they are because out of the heart flow the issues of life and your heart will find you out. Your heart will find you out. Your heart condition will find you out. And, and I'm going to say this too, in, in grace for people who are trying, who are trying to get cleaned up. Um, you know, I believe God will meet you anywhere you're at. But if you're sold out to love, the true, warm, unconditional love of Jesus, um, God's going to help you get where you need to go so that you can step into your new. Okay? But the problem is in the same time, we have so many people that are stuck in the apparatus of religion, and they think they're okay. They think they're fine. But their heart conditions are really screwed up, and they're really reflecting that right now in this hour. And so we're seeing this, and um, we're, I'm going to get a little bit more into this conversation as we get into the Rev today. But I was seeking the Lord yesterday, and the Lord gave me these words. He told me this to tell you. He said, I've raised up a people group so accelerated by the by deliverance that they have been catapulted into the highest place possible by my spirit, which is my glory, Shekinah glory of God, and into the deepest part of my heart, 1 Peter 1.22. This is why the stuck church doesn't understand their level of truth because the church has gotten so far behind caused by religion. What's new? It's a stiff-neckedness which causes many to think, oh, I don't need that, or oh, they don't know what they're talking about until they get a glimpse of God's power operating through those vessels, and then they do double takes. That's what's getting their attention in this hour. And so the Lord says, my people are at an all-time high in thinking that I'm not going to help them, but what they don't know is that I'm right at the precipice at exploding my power onto their scene. 
What about the ways that the enemy is attacking, I asked him this, within the core of the church with disqualified apostles and prophets, evangelists, teachers, and preachers attacking the new move leaders, speakers, prophets for this hour, Lord? That was my question to him. And he said, I have them in a standstill because most of them are left behind thinking they can thwart my power. But what they don't know is that they've been left out of my power, which is why they can't demolish those that I'm lifting up in this new wine for this hour. So then the Lord gave me a vision. And I saw a higher level body of Christ driving down a dark road. And the only light to show them their pathway was God's love and his glory. And then the Lord said this. He said, I will not allow anything or anyone to blindside these ones who have been following hard after me, even in the dark, even in the dark, because I'm already in their future. So they have learned to trust me as I bring them forward. And then I asked him, I said, God, why is it taking so long in the spirit for you to give us our country back and our lives back? Why is it taking so long? And the Lord said, because there are still so many wanting to do things their own way in the flesh instead of stepping into my ways, my spirit. And I'm trying to give everyone ample opportunity before I begin to move forward so that I have as many of my true children as possible moving with my cloud. I have a leave no man behind policy, says the Lord. And then that means that means that you have to choose to participate. So we're now moving into a position as a body to where God has moved all of his true saints to the head of the pack, which means that many on the lower sides of the mountain are going to be struggling in the days ahead. And I get a lot of flack for the words that God has been giving me, especially about the spirit of religion. For those of you stuck in the spirit of religion, you're the ones that get the angriest. And if you're getting angry, you need to check it at the door and ask yourself one question. What are you so afraid of? Because Anger, the root of anger is fear. So what are you so afraid of? And, and if you're spewing all over and spewing venom all over another brother or sister, if you are even a brother or sister, that would be something I'd want to ask the Lord about too. Lord, do, you, do I really know you? Do you really know him? Because the Bible says if you hate your brother, then you really don't know love. And if you don't know love, you don't know God. So, I personally believe that God is truly wanting us to be one huge fighting force. And that was his initial intent when he wanted the whole battle. He wanted the whole body of Christ to get into the battle with him, to create like a battle line that went for miles and miles, which would have come because of the maturity. But had the church come to even come into him and grow up in that maturity, but many didn't. Many haven't. So we're now seeing... The conditions of their heart and because they've chosen to stay where they're at god is having to use the few to come out of the old and into the new but the lord told me this too he said you know i can do more with less people who are pure-hearted than i can with thousands demanding to be their own god because those people don't ever listen to me anyway and they cause so much frustration because of their stiff-neckedness and pride and so these are the ones that are fixing to be in for a rude awakening in the days ahead when the darkness overtakes them. And the Lord says it's usually these same ones, these same people with these bad heart conditions that come running to me when they get into a lurch and they say, Lord, Lord, please help us. 
when all the while in prior seasons, God had been trying to help them, but they just wouldn't listen. The Lord's saying, learn to listen and obey the first time, not when it's convenient for you. Which brings us to Exodus 12, 14 through 13, 16. And it's talking about sustainment will only come from love in this season. If you're to be sustained, it's only going to come from love. And the enemy may make you feel like he's got the upper hand right now in this season. I'm going to hit you with this truth too. The enemy may make some of you feel like he's got the upper hand. Um, because right now as a nation, we're head to head with the black hats. The black hats are head to head with the white hats. And it's, it's a vying for power. It's a vying for power. You can take that same premise and you can apply it to these stiff-necked religious people in the body of Christ who are about to lose their lunch because of coming against God's anointing and not listening to the prophets, the true prophets of God. Um, and the saddest part for them is that these are the people that are probably going to perish in the days ahead because they won't listen to God. God says, if you've heard the true word of the Lord and you're still demanding your own way, and you're negating the truth. The Lord says you're as good as dead. You're as good as dead. And so it's a serious thing to challenge the Lord. It's a really, really serious thing to challenge him. And the problem is, and this is my opinion too, I believe that there's so much witchcraft going up in the spirit right now that they've got our angels confused. The angels don't know. It's like a bunch of spiritual schizophrenics. Yes, no, maybe so. If not, we won't go. They don't know whose word to believe. And so God is pulling down all this crap out of the atmosphere that's polluting the atmosphere and trying to hinder the true words of the true prophets from going forward and the true apostles. Because a lot of people are already getting disqualified in this season. And they think that they're okay. They think they're having their way. But the only thing that's going to depict them from the ones who truly have the power is that it's the fighting power of God flowing. It's the Shekinah glory flowing through the vessels in prayer versus the ones who are demanding to have and stay their own way. You can stay your own way all you want. You can stay stuck in a spirit of religion all you want. God bless you. But that's not going to guarantee you safety in the days ahead. Matter of fact, you can stay so stiff-necked and demanding your own way. We love never demands its own way, by the way. True love doesn't. Um, into an early grave if you want. You can do that. That's between you and the Lord. Not, it's not Your business is not my business. But God is so determined to try to help you. He loves you so much. He's trying to help get his true people group into the truth in this hour, if they'll just listen. And so Exodus 12, 14 through 13, 16 starts to talk a little bit about this. And it talks about Jesus being our sacrificial lamb. And if the lamb could save the Jews and sustain them for their journey across a Red Sea during tumultuous times, then he could surely sustain you. Meaning, if you don't know true love and his ways, and if you don't practice them, you're not going anywhere in this season. Matter of fact, you will be stuck and subject to all the outer darkness creeping up the mountain from witchcraft, which I've been talking about all last year. So we're head to head again with the devil in the occult, black hats versus white hats. And the only strong, only the strong in love will survive because of God's Shekinah glory that's coming up on his people as they've chosen to obey and walk in his way. So if you're still walking in your emotions or your own ways, trying to tell God how to do his job, then you're going to be sorely mistaken as the darkness creeps in on you. And walking in God's glory, if you understand anything about it, 
comes from truly making God's truth a part of our inner person. Which means you don't get to make up the truth as you go along. If you make mistakes in the kingdom, and this is something God taught me a long time ago, and David actually carried this attribute in his own heart towards the Lord. He was a quick repenter. If he messed up, he repented. And he got course corrected, just PDQ. But he listened to the prophets, because when you listen to the prophets, you're blessed. And he knew when to obey the Lord. And he was really adamant. He didn't make up excuses. He was accountable for his own misgivings. He owned his crap. I'll say it what it is. But he didn't make up his own rules as he went along. He owned his stuff. And this is a season where God's saying, do you own your stuff? Or are you lost in some uh, illusion of what you think God's truth is versus what he says it is? Because God is the truth. And if you don't know the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, then you don't know God. And the truth is coming in, and right behind it is judgment. I've said that all along. So people walking in God's glory are walking in his truth as an inner part of their person because God is truth, and he's also the warm, unconditional love that he depicts to those around him. But truth is the only bridge that's going to be built in this season to get us from our here to our there, wherever our there is. And if you know anything about where the body's standing right now, we have three people groups, and I'm going to actually say two. It's now been cordoned down to two people groups, which is very alarming to me. It's very, very alarming to me. And actually, this whole word today is alarming to me. And it's alarming because we once had four people groups. If you heard the apostle uh, from House of David talk, he was talking about the four people groups. There was a people group uh, within the church that were just stiff-necked. They weren't going anywhere. The the group in front of them, they were kind of considering maybe going, but they weren't going to go anywhere because they were too fearful. The third people group thought that they were going to be able to carry their spirit of religion on into the promised land with them. And God thought, and God said, nope, not happening. And then, hey, Sonia. And then you've got the fourth people group that were going in on trusting, on blind trust through Christ. We're going into the land on blind trust. So it's been narrowed down now to two people groups. So God is separating and doing a further separating between those stuck in a spirit of religion with the occult and the people who are trusting God. That's the two people groups now being demarcated we're seeing the line demarcated in the sand are drawn in the sand and so this is basically because of disobedience and i also believe this is where the biggest the great falling away is fixing to happen and that's because it's where this people group got left behind in the outer courts with those gnashing their teeth so they too are going to become teeth gnashers Do you understand what happens in the outer courts, guys? What happens in the outer courts, the outer courts are a deliverance position. You understand that, right? You have an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. But when you first enter into salvation, your outer courts are for everybody. It's where all the 12 tribes come in, where all personalities come in to get cleaned up through salvation after redemption. But if you don't get cleaned up, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay stuck right where you're at. So we have to be transformed. We have to be delivered in order to come closer to a holy God because he can't dwell where sin is. 
He's holy. And we don't get to come before him any old way we please. And so we're seeing this in this hour. And I believe a lot of these three-fourths or 75, 80% of the church are stuck in the outer courts. And they think they're coming on in. Some of them are so freaking arrogant. They think, oh, I'm going in. I'm, I'm going to go in with the heart of David. And I thought, you don't have anybody's heart but your own flesh. I mean, it, it is so apparent out of the heart flow, the issues of life. And we're seeing the conditions of people's hearts in this hour. They're nasty. The church has gotten nasty. It needs to be cleaned up. And we have very, very few who are willing to do it. But they're out there in the outer courts with the teeth gnashers now. They're out there in the outer courts with the teeth gnashers. And I call them teeth gnashers as their souls who've grown bitter instead of better. In love, allowing God to clean them up to where they would have had a testimony. Instead of just always blaming everybody else around them for their own negligence. Are you accountable when you screw up and do things wrong in the kingdom? Are you, are you, do you make excuses? Do you own your stuff? Do you just say, yes, Lord, I messed up. Please forgive me. Force correct me. Help me do it better next time. Teach me a better way. Or are you one of these people, especially in leadership? In this, in this hour, if leadership is doing this, there's a huge problem. That's the blind leading the blind at that point. At this point in the juncture, that literally is the blind leading the blind. And I'm going to get into this and how that happened. This is how that happened. When, when people demand to hang on to their yeast, which is a picture of sin, we begin to see who's standing in what spirit or who their true master is. Because again, love never demands its own way. And if you know anything about yeast, it works secretly, it's puffed up, and it spreads quickly. What happens at the head, if it's in your leadership, what happens at the head will trickle down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. So I sincerely believe that this is an hour where God is saying, he's calling I heard a leader say all hands on deck about three years ago. And it's not just all hands on deck. It's all people that are involved in the body of Christ, no matter what ranking you are. Rolling your sleeves up, getting your hearts cleaned up, right alongside of everybody else, because in the kingdom, nobody's above another. And we're learning to do it Yahweh's way. We're learning to do it God's way. Where Jesus was humble. He didn't have a problem. Stepping into the water with you to help you get cleaned up. He knew who he was. He was a leader. He was God. He still is. But we have so many people with this status thing. I, I forget what you call that. It's this need for superiority to feel above other people. So that gives them a sense of haughtiness. And it is a haughty spirit, which God hates, by the way. And, um, and it's a sense of being in a higher category than other human beings. When God made us all, God's no respect to our persons, what he does for one, he does for all. He's trying to get us to love one another like he sees us. He's trying to get us to see one another like he sees us. So back to yeast. If you know anything about yeast, when yeast gets in your camp, you'd better deal with it fast and get it out this season. Because when you're saved by the blood of Christ, that yeast isn't going to save you. 
But we have to choose to walk in new ways. We have to get rid of the sin. And, and as for the church and some of its leaders who've grown so accustomed to doing church as usual that their own hearts have been seared or numbed to the truth and how truth can be very blunt sometimes. It can, very, it can be very sharp when you get closer to a holy God, which it should be. It should be that way. If you're not getting more, and I'm not saying don't speak the truth in love, obviously that's going to happen automatically, by the way. If you're coming closer into love, God is love. God is all truth. So love will be coming forward with the truth if you're truly operating in the Lord, in the Lord at that new level. But truth can seem very, very blunt and sharp to a heart that's not at your level. And that's what God was talking about at the beginning of our conversation. I'm sorry, I'm cutting this off. I'm going to cut off. Got music over here in the left part of my ear uh, with Pandora. So if your truth isn't growing, is what I'm trying to say. Usually that means your revelation and love isn't growing. It means you're not maturing. It means your heart's not being changed. It means you're still the same stanky person that you were a year ago or however long ago, however long you've been stuck in this place of Egypt. And we've got some pretty stinky, stinky church people right now. Some stinky Lazarus that are dead in their grave clothes. And they stink. Their hearts stink. Their actions stink. And they think that they're hiding behind, they're hiding it all from God. Yet all the while, they're on a freight train to hell. Did you know that? If you don't know love, you don't know God. If you're not being transformed into his image, you're going to be one of these people at the end of your life who are going to come and God's going to, you're going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, I don't know you. I don't know you. You didn't practice me. You practiced you. You were so determined to be you that I just let you, says the Lord. I let you. I thought, well, they want what they want, but they may, may not like what they get. And so this is a very, very serious crossroads we're now standing at. And by the way, the prophets are saying in this season, your enemies are going to be going away. Their enemies are going to be going away because they're falling down the mountain. They're not able to catch up anymore. And I'm seeing that happen, which is a blessing. So they're trying to be used by the devil in other ways. But at the end of the day, and this goes back to what the prophet's word says, if you've heard the true word of the Lord and you're not obeying the Lord and you're thinking you're going to force God to do things your way, you're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Because God's ways will always prevail. He will always prevail. And getting other people caught up in your sin, you know the Bible what says that when you get other people caught up in your sin, I think it's Ezekiel, let me see. I think it's Ezekiel 14, 17 through 20. That there is a high price to be paid for getting people caught up in our sin. That's what Jezebel does, by the way. When Jezebel can't control you, it tries to get as many people to join ranks with it, to force everybody around it into submission. By the way, we don't submit to Jezebel here. Jezebel can go to hell. We don't submit to anybody, any other spirit, but the true and living God, Jesus Christ. So all you little Jezebels out there, you're being served notice. Your time is quickly coming to an end. And by the way, you may cut your life short. You may cut your life short. I've seen that happen around me in my, around me in my life. 
actually in several different scenarios. I can count it one, two, three, four, five times in the last 35 years when people are so determined to prove to God, it's, they're really angry at God. They're not mad at you. They're angry at God. But they're so determined to prove to God, look, I can do what I want to do. I can do whatever I want to do. And God said, yeah, you sure can. But it'll cost you in the end. It'll always cost you something. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And so, if your truth isn't growing, it usually means your revelation and love isn't growing, which is the presence of God on your vessel. And speaking the truth in love is automatic when we choose to grow up in him while allowing him to truly clean us up. So all this, this whole rhetoric with everybody talking about, you know, are you speaking the truth in love? Are you speaking the truth in love? Yes, I am. I'm part of the new move. Yes, we are. We're speaking the truth in love. And, and the problem is, is that you're having a hard time receiving it if you don't like the truth. See, that's the problem. A lot of people don't like the truth. And when God gets more sharp with his sword and he starts coming in and putting his finger on things and on people's hearts, people get all bent out of shape. They get like, oh, that can't be God. They make every excuse in the book for why something can't be God, when all the while they know it is. And, he, and he's sitting here trying to tell you, hey, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. We have to remember... You know, as we walk, this is for the obedient, by the way, as God, as we're dealing with all these crazy trained people around us, because there are a lot of crazy people. There are a lot of nasty, nasty people. This is what we're seeing in this hour. This is what we're seeing around us in the church. This is what is uh, part of our warfare in this season. Well, we're seeing the enemy's people rise up and God's true obedient are taking their stand. It doesn't matter how many are on this side, because there are more that are forced than are against us. And it doesn't matter how much these enemies try to learn about God's ways. And I'll say that because the occult's using, mixing the holy with the unholy. We've got fake church people, we call them fake holy, using uh, the holy for their unholy behaviors. Learning about the courts of heaven, learning about how to pray and do these things. But this is the thing. If God didn't speak it, if you don't have the true king's decree, if you don't have God's permission to speak it, if, if you're not... If you're trying to make God contradict himself, if you're trying to abuse just the word of God, the spirit of God to get your own way, God's saying, if the thing you're coming against or the person you're coming against is of me, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. God says, I'll always make a way where there is no way. And it's not just that's Acts 539, but it's also based on this is the latest scripture he showed me yesterday based on Isaiah 14, 27, where it talks about if something's of God. You can't stop it. But then you enter into a place at, at, at a juncture where God's had enough and you've exhausted grace. That means you've made an enemy. You'll become one of God's enemies and God will punish you. He will punish you for standing in his way. Because God is going to have his way. It doesn't matter what you say. And all the delay you think you can cause. God said, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Like Elijah told Jezebel's eunuchs, you go ahead and you go make your fire. Go ahead and make your fire to your little God, your little G. And I'm, then I'm going to call on my God. And when my God shows up, he's fixing to smoke your rear. That's what he meant. And that's military terms. So here we go. This is for the obedient. 
For people who have kept God's ways, God's saying in this season, remember what I've done for you in past seasons. Because in this season, Lord said, the U.S. and the body of Christ is in a true trust test. And as God begins to bring us across our Red Sea into higher levels of himself in faith, we're going to start sensing that shifting. Matter of fact, the sense the shifting started two days ago. And it was hard to depict. You can just now start to depict that shifting where we're starting to move out ahead of the enemy. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So we're in a faith test, the <clears throat> trust test. Let's go back to bread without yeast, though. If you notice in this passage where God's talking about this, he's talking about the yeast and not to have yeast in your camp and to making sure that you're obedient, making sure that you're uh, obeying the Lord when he's telling you to clean up about different things. This is what he says in that scripture. He says only bread without yeast can be eaten at certain times or within certain seasons of grace. Yeast is sin. You get that point, right? That means in certain seasons, God has allowed the body to operate with their sin and come forward. And I said this at the, all throughout last year. I said, we're coming into a place of demarcation to where God is going to further define the truth from a lie on his people. It's going to be depicted through his people because there will be those operating in supernatural power of the Lord and there'll be those with no power. <clears throat> and that was caused by Manna, by bad teaching. We all die for lack of wisdom and understanding, which means when God has changed our season or our dimension in himself, and we come up higher into his spirit, there are different requirements for those people who want to follow him in those higher places. And in order to follow him there and go ahead, we're going to have to get fresh manna, clean manna from clean leaders. And we're going to have to pay attention what spirit they're operating in. You're going to have to start paying attention. Because if you don't know anything about spiritual laws, the spiritual law says what happens at the head trickles down like the oil in the beard of Aaron. This is how our nation got polluted. Our nation got polluted by bad leadership on all seven mountains. But especially in the church, it infiltrated all aspects of our country. <clears throat> so in order to move forward and to do it uh, successfully, you're going to have to pay attention who you're receiving from. What spirit are they operating in? Do they have a spirit of Jezebel on them? Get away from them. Get away from them. If they're an apostle, prophet, teacher, preacher, evangelist, I don't care. If there's a Jezebelian spirit there, it's permeated their whole body. That thing spreads itself on the words of leaders. And those are usually people stuck in a spirit of religion who've chosen or demanded not to get free because they think they're okay. They think they're right. Okay. Yet they, they do these, they act like hell behind the scenes. I'll get into that here in a second. They're teaching a polluted manna and they may be anointed. They may have taught from a, a wine in one season that was successful because there was a grace on it. But now God is saying, I'm calling you to get cleaned up. I'm coming back for a pure spotless bride. So what makes us think that all of a sudden, Pardon me. Um, and this actually baffles me as a leader, too. It baffles me. And I think it's because my dad was such a man of his word. Whether 
it was something I wanted to hear or something I didn't want to hear. He was a man of his word. If he told you, he would tell me, Missy, if you do this, you're going to get this. That was usually a warning for punishment. Or if you do this, if you, if you do this, then I'll reward you for your hard work. Blah, 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 blah. And no, I didn't work on a reward system. That's not how my family operated. But my dad was a good dad, and he was a man of his word. God's a good God. He's a man of his word. But it baffles me how the body of Christ is so delusional right now, especially leaders. These leaders, <clears throat> and, I, and I can understand to some degree, um, but it's only because they're stuck in an old wine, is that they made up their minds that they were going to stay where it was comfortable for them, and that God was always going to be okay with it. And God said, no, every season has a changing place. You have to come up. You have to come up higher. And, and you have to change with that dimension if you want to come closer to me. You don't get to make up your own rules as you go along because you feel uncomfortable. We get to choose to change and be changed. Which means we have to be attentive to what we're being fed. So if you're being fed from a vessel that's teaching and preaching has yeast in it or religion or any other spirit, including Jezebel, those spirits are polluting what they're teaching and those spirits are polluting you as you listen. Jezebel spreads itself. Faith, it knows, the devil knows the spiritual laws. <clears throat> Faith comes by hearing and hearing out of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing out of the word of God. So you speak and it comes back to you. That's, that's what happens with faith when you're sitting under any vessel. I don't care what level they're at. So in this season, God's saying, be careful who feeds you. Because not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, really knows true love. And, and I think this is where it gets convoluted as well. And I think this is the place... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Show me how to articulate this, please. A factor or a, a, a characteristics of love is loyalty. Let me say it like this. Thank you, Lord. That's a, that's a really admirable characteristic of love. But, and I'll have to say this too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Throughout my walk, I feel like my whole walk has been like a, a patchwork quilt where I just have so many different places that God has taken me and he's, he's, he's taken me to different, under different leaders during different seasons. There was a season for about, I'm going to say nine years where he had me go to uh, conference after conference after conference, because you could skip so many levels at conferences through the corporate anointing. And we'd get mantles through those conferences. Um, you would learn about the gift of healing, prophetic, apostolic, evangelistic, teacher, preacher through those conferences. So he was trying to do a lot of different things at the same time. Um, but you have to make, and I knew back then too, I had to make myself be more loyal to God than man. Because I got a lot of backlash back then from a lot of different leaders saying, you're, you know, you're just... You're going from this house to that house. No, I'm, I'm not. Actually, I'm following the Lord for this season. I didn't know why. And I guess to the average eye, that's what it looked like. But God would keep me at different locations for two and three years. And then he would, he would say, that season's up. I'm moving you over here. And I usually, because I'd grown to know the patterns. And, and I knew that he was preparing my vessel for something. Usually for deliverance ministry. To be a multifaceted warrior. So... 
you have to be more loyal to him than you are a man is what i'm trying to say but the problem in the body right now is we have people more loyal to men than they are god they're getting stuck they don't know how to move with god they don't know how to move with the cloud by day the pillar of fire by night because they're still stuck in yesterday's wine because they were more loyal to man than they were god and they didn't know how to tell men, no, no, that's, I'm sorry, this season's over with. They're afraid they're, they become yes men. They're afraid of telling people the truth, saying, you got out of alignment. You got behind. Therefore, the sheep got behind. Therefore, I want to move ahead with the cloud. I've told one of my leaders that 20 years ago, and he was upset. Actually, I've told two leaders that. I've told actually three leaders that. <laughs> the first one. And I didn't understand it when I said it to him. I knew it was a prophetic act. But I told him, I said, so-and-so, I'm going to run ahead with our prayer team. I need to run ahead with our prayer team now. I need to catch up. Because I had gone back trying to be loyal. And I thought, this, this season's old. This is, this is old wine. I, I got to get out of this. This is not doing anything. I wasn't growing. I was just trying to console someone's feelings. And I thought, to heck with that. I got to get going. God's got a job for me to do. So I ran ahead and then my walk, boom, accelerated. The second time it happened was a pastor who got offended and he put me on the spot in front of all these people and I quickly put him back on the spot because I didn't like somebody trying to play my God. And I knew what submission to authority was. I was raised under that thinking through my dad. But don't be my God. You're not my God. That's the problem in the body of Christ too. We have too many people trying to play everybody else's God. Now, will God leave, leave you um, in a location for a season? You bet he will. But as a leader, and I know this from both ends now, I have to hold people loosely. I am not their God. And I don't know what God's plan is for them. I'm just called to help train them here while they're here at this ministry which is usually the season most people are going to find themselves in as everybody's getting cross-pollinated. <clears throat> and that was really going on 20 years ago. Let's go back. So it's important who's teaching you. So God is differentiating between the pure and those whose actions depict the grimy underbelly part of God's shoe. And God tells us to put the devil under our feet, right? So he does the same as well. You need to get away from some of these people. So yeast is strategically sent in by Satan to pollute the new move, which is made up of pure truth with God's warm love. And that'll make a whole lot of people really mad when people hear that truth. They get really hot, really mad. They're like, that's not God. They get all scared. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. At some point, I don't understand people's emotional makeup. And I think, you know, people get mad at the libtards and they get mad, you know, when they are, are having these screaming fits on the sidewalk and they don't, they can't cope with reality. The church can't cope with reality. The church is obviously depicting their lack of their inability to cope with reality right now. The reality that God has stepped into the room in a new way and they don't like it. It makes them feel very uncomfortable. It makes them angry. They get resentful at the vessels who are conveying the message. And then they submit to their father, the devil. A lot of them who you can't help but be who you are. So it, they don't like it. They don't like this new move. But ready or not, here God comes. And so 
This is why it's important to obey. This is why it's important for you to obey. Because for the obedient, when we know love or the love of Christ or his grace and his truth, we also know that God will protect our house because of the blood of this particular lamb. You understand Jesus' grace? He brought in the law of grace. If you're still living under the law, if you live by the law, you'll die by the law. You have to keep all of the law if you're going to live by the law. And if you break one of them, you've broken them all. By the way, every one of us have. But I live by grace. I live by grace, Colossus 2.14. And if you know Jesus in his grace, we also know that God will protect our house because of the blood of this lamb, which means God will force the destroyer to pass over our house to preserve our families, bring provision in a future, which is the purpose of God passing over. It's the purpose of Passover, the season of Passover. So if destruction is not passing over your house in this season, that's a pretty good indicator of where you stand. However, I will say this. And Lord, can I say that? Okay, thank you, Spirit. Said that to be first John 4, 3. Thank you. I'm going to tell you guys this. If you've gotten behind, and I, and I know God knows all of our circumstances, but if you've gotten behind because of not being focused or just circumstances beyond your control, if you'll focus on now, between now and Passover, to getting as much deliverance as possible, I believe God's grace will, will sustain you at some point. I believe it will sustain you. But if you don't choose to listen and obey, then at some point you have to take accountability for your own actions there. Because we're fixing to see that line of demarcation. It's been prophesied. And this whole convoluted witchcraft mess that's going on in the atmosphere right now, I've been asking the Lord about that. That's only for a season. God's allowed everything for a season. He's allowing the enemy to take his first punch. So witchcraft is strong in the spirit right now. It's because of these goofballs praying it, but it's also because of the goofballs practicing it. And so it's up to you to stay pure to love and stay true to love, despite what witchcraft is in the spirit, because God says, go ahead, devil, said Elijah to Jezebel's prophets. Go ahead, devil. Take your best shot. Light your fire, because God's fixing to light yours. So if you're lighting strange fire in the atmosphere right now, God said, you're in my crosshairs. You're in my crosshairs. But this is a season, just like with Israel, when they were getting free from Pharaoh and from Egypt. Or when Elijah was getting free from Jezebel. And they knew they were going to have to fight. It was going to be a fight to the death. It was going to be, there's going to be some suffering that happened. But those who had grace or Jesus' blood on their doorpost were spared supernaturally. And the Lord is fixing to bring us out for those who are obedient out of our Egypts with great power, but not without a fight. So it's time to get focused. I don't know what time it is on here. I'll keep going. Um, Matthew 20 through 29 and 21 through 22 says, what do you want God to do for you? And will he do it for you? What makes him act on your behalf? Do you know what you even want from God when you come to God in prayer? Are you persistent enough when others try to talk you out of it and discourage you? Because this new place of war 
isn't for the faint-hearted, as the body's dealing with much, much, much witchcraft. We're having to deal again with the occult, releasing their spells and witchcraft laws against us, and then we have to deal with immature a facet of the body still stuck in unhealed delivered areas, undelivered areas, while releasing their strange fire through their flesh onto those they deem as enemies. Thank you. Perfect. And you know, I had to laugh because in this season, I did have to laugh at this. Um, for the obedient, remember, you don't have any enemies. You don't have any enemies. But God does. God says, Suffereth not a witch to live. He says what he thinks about witchcraft, not to seek out the soothsayers and the democracers. And he, he showed it, and he depicted this, what he thought about witchcraft when Aaron's own sons came into his temple and tried to light strange fire. So God, again, is allowing Jezebel's eunuchs to come in through the church and through the occult and light their strange fire in his atmosphere. That's what's causing all the convoluted mess which has hindered the true prayers from going forward. And God's saying, he's using the Elijahs and he's saying, go ahead, light your fire. Go ahead and give it all you got. Put all the wood, put all your stuff on there. Put your gas on there. Give it all you got. Put the pedal to the metal. Let's do this thing. And then when God shows up on the scene, God's fixing to light them up. He is fixing to, he's already started. It's like this slow, and I've been sensing it big time. <laughs> and, and so he's telling you, thank you, Holy Spirit, so much for this. He's telling you good leaders out there, you good sheep out there, you people who have been obedient and faithful. He's telling you this. He's saying, don't get discouraged by the strange fire coming at you because I'm seeing it on some of the prophets who have been prophesying and, and it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating for some of us when we're having to deal with these immature people who are just, I mean, we're dealing with 60, 50, 60, 70 year old people acting like 15 year olds, stepping their feet. Me, 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 me. If I don't get my way, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. I'm mad at you, God. I'm mad. They're not mad at you, by the way. They're mad at him. Really, sincerely, they're mad at him. I'm mad. I'm just mad. I'm mad. Manage you. I'm going to go beat up your saints in the interim. And God's sake, really, went to bed. I got you in my crosshairs, baby. I've got you right here. You ever been in the scope of God? That's a dangerous place to be. But he's saying you don't have any enemies in this hour. You shouldn't have any enemies in this hour. And so what we're seeing is God is saying to those who continue to put their mouth on you, he's saying, if you keep touching mine anointed, he said, touch not mine anointed, because I've made them, I've make, I'm making your enemies my enemies, says the Lord. Meaning those who continue to put their mouths on clean vessels, trying to call them unclean, when they know full and well those vessels are God's new move, Lord's saying you perpetrators will be quickly dealt with as an enemy of the king. That's what's coming to your house. There will be no blood put on your doorpost. God won't allow it. He's like, nope, I've got them in my crosshairs. They're under judgment. It's already starting to happen to certain leaders, certain sheep. It's happening all over Jezebel's camp as we speak. Mark my word. So be very careful who you put your mouth on in this season. That's why it's not good to get into gossip with people. Don't let people goad you. That's the devil's ploy into getting you to open yourself up to warfare and to judgment. That's a horrible strategy. Shows lack of character. Be very careful who you try to side with you in your sin. Jezebel. 
That's what Jezebel always does. To justify its own sin. It, it won't live in the truth. It lives in a delusion. And it tries to get as many people pitted against the, the person that they're targeting as they can to justify their gross negligence. And God's like, okay, I'm sad to see you go down this pathway, big dog, but I'm fixing to have to resort to some severe measures. So be very, very careful who you put your mouth on in this season because God's getting us back to the basics of love and prayer with honor. But the Lord's saying, too, what, what gets them stuck is when people are blind or they become cherry pickers of the truth or God's scripture because of spiritual activity or blinders that they've kept on and they refuse to get free from. And so when they do these things, they miss vital things that can realign them with kingdom, that can put them in, in, in springboard them into a brand new future. But the Lord's saying, beware in this season of knowing the Bible without knowing love. Beware. Because your heart condition will find you out. You know, and, and that comes from having head knowledge. You know, head knowledge is great. Head knowledge is great. The Pharisees had so much head knowledge, their heads probably exploded all over the scene in Jesus' day. But heart knowledge and leading with the heart of God is the only thing that will save you in this hour. The true king's decree. Being able to rest at God's feet and hear what the Lord has to say about a measure. Letting God fight your battles. You're not fighting your battles. Remember, you have no enemies. You have no enemies. But head knowledge never did anything for anyone but falsely judge and criticize and place those vessels who were doing it into God's crosshairs for touching his true son the wrong way. And now in this season, they're doing it again by putting their mouth onto God's true sons and daughters because of jealousy, envy, and bitterness of soul. So the Lord's saying, don't be caught up in that group, those teeth gnashers. Don't be caught up in that group. It's going to be blatant in the days ahead. Who's who? God's saying, your sin will find you out. Ephesians 5.11 But when you obey, the Lord says, you too can partake and walk in the divine, which will realign everything about you in your heart and mind with God's kingdom. And in this season, God says, I'm inspecting many churches and many leaders to see if they house a den of thieves or a house or they house in need of cleansing so they can become fruitful from within and without. Which are you? Do you know what you are? Have you raised up a den of thieves as a leader? People, where it, what happens at the head is trickled down like the oil on the beard of Aaron, where you swindle your way through life, Jacob, trying to swindle your way with God. Remember, he got his hip broken by God. He thought he could still wrestle his way through life, and God said, "Really? No. Here, let me let me leave you a reminder of who I am." Boom, and he walked with the limp for the rest of his life. So if you know anything about Jesus, check this out. This was interesting. The Lord showed me this today. Jesus drove out the thieves and he cursed the fig tree because neither had been fruitful from within and without. Did you notice that? Neither. One was serving in the house of the Lord. The other one was outside of the church. How are you inside and outside of the church? Are you the same? Are you the same person behind the screen as you are in front of the screen? I am. <laughs> That's why a lot of you don't like me. 
<clears throat> I'm truthful. I can't help but be who I am. Double sword of truth. <clears throat> but God's saying, are you just taking up space with your old pious fake holy? Or are you genuinely coming to serve others to help clean them up and clean God's sheep up for the season we've now entered into? It's no longer a one-woman show or a one-man show anymore. God's calling us all to jump in and help everybody get cleaned up so we can step into the new place. Because for the fruitful and obedient, they're fixing to receive all that they've asked God for in prayer because they know how to hear the true king's decree and how to prepare their vessels to receive the new coming on out and through. So saith the spirit of grace, which brings us to Psalms 25. 16 through 22 as we wrap up today i'm gonna have to post these videos off facebook onto youtube this next week but it talks about going from bad to worse now when i saw that today i thought golly and that's what just baffles me it's like why do people have to push the envelope and and and, and just go deeper and deeper into this hard place with the lord i mean it's that is just so dumb. It's just stupid. Sheer stupidity. It's like somebody, and I get it. I get that people have cycles sometimes, generational sin. But some of it is just flat arrogance and pride. And so this psalm was written when Israel was really struggling because of having their situation go from bad to worse. They had enemies on every side who viciously hated them and wanted them disgraced. But they knew something that their enemies didn't know. This is really the best part of the talk today. They knew who had their back. Oh, they knew who where love was. Because they'd been faithful during this attack. They didn't stray from their love for God and their relationship. And they were tried and true. For they had learned how to come out of the old and into the new. God had shown them that he was faithful. And that he finished what he started, even when they felt faint-hearted. And even when their enemy tried to get them to be unfaithful to God, that Israel wouldn't budge of their loyalty and love. They had tasted and seen God's goodness and heart for so many seasons before, and hence, this one would be no different. Because now they knew more. So regardless of what the enemy's people threw at them, this tribe, Israel, they knew who they were. And they knew their God. And hence they had tethered their hearts to God's heart and allowed him to bring them in. Hallelujah. That's the trust test I've been talking to you about. Which brings us to Proverbs 6, 12 through 15 as we wrap up today. Now check this out. If this doesn't wrap this up, I don't plan this. I don't plan this. You can go check out the 365-day Bible online, audio free. I do these prophetic talks from them if you want to track with me. I love doing these, by the way. It's fun. Because every every year, I mean, I, I you can watch your growth through them. And I write in my Bibles. And so I write tons of notes in my Bible. And I'll go back to the year prior and I'll see where I was at last year and I'll watch it progress. You'll see your progress and your change and your growth as God brings you forward. And, and it's just fun. It's a lot of fun to watch transformation. I think that's part of being a deliverance minister. But this wraps it up in a nutshell. 
Let's read this together. Where it talks about a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his one eye, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him subtly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. Did I not tell you, Jezebel? Proverbs 6, 12 through 15 is what awaits you. If you continue doing things your own way, Lord says, you're not going to have what you say. Because this is the day of Yahweh. And it's not the devil's day. And the Lord says, I'm really sorry that you've chosen to serve the wrong master. Because for those of you who have chosen this, it's fixing to bring in disaster. The Lord says, I'm a God of my word. And I will surely show you in this season who's God and who's not. That is a so saith the Lord. And I mean that with all the love in my heart. I don't wish anybody ill will. I'm just telling you what he told me to tell you. But I was alarmed by this word today. But this is where we stand. God's saying, I've had enough. I've got you in my crosshairs now. So, I hope you're encouraged today. I am. I'm super encouraged. I, I'm, I'm actually happy. And uh, I'm looking forward to Friday. I'll meet you back here on Friday. And then we'll repost these on YouTube. God bless those YouTube people. <laughs> actually, we're probably going to have to get a new platform because YouTube's going away. I don't know if you know that. God's been showing me that for over a year now. It's going away. That's why he's bringing in all these other platforms and he's getting everybody uh, reestablished there already before. So make sure you do that if you're a platformer and you have your own speaking platform. For those of you out there who are called by God, I bless you. You have a hard, you have a hard job in this hour. But I love you guys and um, I'm looking forward to talking with you again i gotta find my mouse here i can't end without my mouse there it is um i'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you on friday but until then go get yourself some chicken soup and stay out of the snow and uh, stay warm i love you bye